Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Everyone, it's Angry Depression Hour. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show for the week of May 28th. This is Anything Goes. This week, we have a big show. We have two guests stopping by the show. Uh, we have Dave Merhaj, who is on tour with Arthur Simeon doing The Legends in the Making. He'll be in the third segment. And our second segment guest is Jason Agnew. Uh, I could tell you all his credits, but he's on like seven shows right now on TV and radio, from the Convectioneers to... He's like the Grand Wizard of uh, Byte TV, too. Exactly. So <laughs> I, should, I, I, I shouldn't probably use a clan term to... Uh, you know that you know that lovely group down in the south yeah, that uh, right. likes. Uh, yeah, you know, and like, I say convectioneers. It's conventioneers. Did you I don't say think conventioneers. He, I say confectioneers. Like he sells stuff to oh, the stores. Oh, he goes like from store to store. Cotton candy. Selling cotton candy. Yeah. No, he doesn't. But uh, he's our our guest for the big uh, first segment after the break. And uh, quite a lot of controversy in the comedy world for our show. Uh, after last week, we had a guest in the studio, and uh, some words were exchanged, and uh, that guest did not enjoy his time on the show. Uh, should we even say his yes, name? Yes, of course we should, we should say his yes. name. I mean, his name is Ron Vaudry. Uh, Ron Vaudry was our guest last week, and yes. uh, there was a, a bit of a verbal uh, dispute uh, once the microphones got turned off. Yes, yeah. And uh, then upon Ron storming out of the studio, he uh, messaged us that he did not want the uh, interview aired. Yes. And um, and then um, continue. What, what and was then, the... you know, what happened is, you know, we respect everyone's opinion. If they don't want the, the thing aired, that's fine. But then Dave, the next day, went on Facebook, because a lot of people did send in questions, not a lot, but a few for Ron and knew that Ron was on the show and a lot of people know me and Ron have a history so there is expectation there that there may be a little bit of a disagreement and uh, we had to say to them that the will not air and all I said was we're going to change the show to anything goes only when we agree with our guest and then Ron went on that wall and, and started saying things like lies and slander and saying I did and said things but uh, in the interview nothing is slanderous and nothing there aren't any lies um, you know, we just said what we said. We disagreed with each other quite a bit, and uh, we never aired the interview. So, you know, I don't know what people think. If they have a history with me of, you know, we're cunt towards each other uh, or cunts towards each other, it's not going to go uh, great. It can. It can be respectful. I still say Ron is a, a very good comic and one of the founding fathers of Canadian comedy, whatever you want to call him, the grand wizard of uh, comedy. Uh, don't see. Let's stay away from clan terms. Okay. But even even founding fathers I have issues with. But Exactly. But, um, you know, he was there 35 years ago. He laid work down that we all now uh, benefit from, and I've never disagreed with that. But, you know, if I disagree with someone on this show, I'm going to call them on it. And if they don't know that, then that's their fault, not mine, coming on a show called Anything Goes. Well, and also, uh, quite frankly, uh, in Canada, for, uh, for the most part, there's not a lot of opportunities for stand-up comics to come on the air Absolutely. And, uh, and expose themselves to a potentially huge audience of uh, people on satellite. And 
And, and so when we said that Ron Vogier was going to be on, there was a lot of comics excited. Was, sure. oh, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? And because this is really a, an open forum where people can say and do whatever they want. Absolutely. And uh, and I think Amy kind of fucked up, uh, you know, not wanting the interview to be aired. But we did post the interview. Absolutely. It's uh, available on both, I think, my Facebook page, your Facebook page. And the group, um, the Facebook and, group. And the Facebook goes. group. And if you listen to it, he sounds, he sounds smart. He sounds passionate. He yep. does sound bitter, though. Sure. But I mean, you know what? I mean, bitterness isn't horrible in in some respects. It, it's not a great way to sell yourself. No, nobody wants to work with the bitter and angry guy. They might sure. want to work with the the character of the bitter and angry guy. Right. And uh, and we sort of have had discussions since then that Vaudry is a bit of a guy that lives his comedy character a little bit too much. Off you know, stage, he right? He takes it off stage a little bit too much, and. Uh, uh, and he just felt that he was ambushed, and he wasn't. That's that's. There's no ambush. I mean, when you hear the interview, I just disagreed with him, and he knew he knows that I disagree with that point. And I even called you out more than him when I said it was bullshit what you were saying. I was far harsher to you at that moment than I was to Ron. <laughs> well, that's just like every fucking show. Exactly. So I don't really... Well, you're full of shit. That's... But. Okay. Anyways, you know, the whole point is, it's like, you know what, I'm not going to agree with him. And I think when you treat comics a certain way, young comics, I get my backup. And I call people on that. And I've had other comics, we've had yelling matches about it. And me and Ron have a history. Like I said, it's not going to be all hugs in the comedy world. And it, it can't be. And I was going to be respectful. I tried to be respectful. But from my opinion, as soon as he started saying things I didn't agree with, I'm kind of like, well, if, you know, what's the point? You know, just you say what you want to say, Ron, and let's just get it over with. Because there was a moment where I said, this is too much time on one topic, let's move on, and he couldn't let it go. So, you know, I, I didn't know what to do at that point. But uh, but please, do yourself a favor, because it is a good interview. Yeah. Go and uh, and listen to it, enjoy it, uh, post a comment if you'd like. But, uh, I mean, it's out there. And like I said, you know, the tape does not lie. That's right. Uh, there's no uh, aggressiveness on either either one of us, uh, nope. either one of our parts, and uh, it's it, it, it's a good listen. Yeah, I, you know, I think if you're, especially if you're a stand-up comedian and you're a young comic and you may have had these issues with other comics, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And I think if you're a comedy fan, you'll enjoy it, because sometimes comics arguing is fun. And, and interesting, and it's that's what it's about. That's what the show's about. So, after that, uh, because of all the outpouring from comics and other people uh, in the industry that did listen to the interview and have messaged me or messaged Dave, we uh, we contacted a few other people, and some people contacted us. And Dave, uh, you gonna oh, take over okay, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I fucked up because there's there's two reporters in uh, Toronto. There's a uh, Glenn Sumi who writes for the uh, the Now Magazine, yes. a, a free weekly publication, and. Uh, <sighs> I was going to say something else bad, but uh, and then there's a, another guy, Sean Davidson, who writes for uh, the, the Grid, Grid, another pre-weekly publication. Yes. And I was sending out a press, not a press release so much, but just I was sending them out a link because this was an interesting event in our show. Yeah. And uh, by accident, uh, the one that was supposed to go to Glenn Sumi had Sean's name on it. Right. And it's a simple fuck up. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then there was a, a tweet that Glenn put out that which I said thought was funny. That he thought that yeah, of course Darren thinks it's funny, and then it had the hashtag. Hashtag hurt, and I still feel like a little girl complaining about hashtags and ooh and, and things like that. But it's just it, it was just ridiculous. And then and Glenn said hurt on and and I was just like, it's not like I fucked up your uh, blood work results in a medical laboratory and stuff. Like oh you have herpes? Oh wait, no you don't. Wait what's your name again? Glenn what? Sumi what? It's it's big deal. I fucked right. up on a name and don't think for one single second that you're the only one that gets a press release, especially when you don't write our show, wow. not our show at all. 
That's what I want to know. Your back is so up, you're in the corner of the room. That's fucking creepy. Exactly. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought, uh, you know what? I, I thought that little Twitter was funny. And if I, I've done that too. I've sent a press release to the wrong person with the wrong name. And they knew it was obviously the competitor that I was sending it to. So. Well, I'm, I'm trying to look it up, but it might take well, a while for the tweet find itself? It. The tweet itself. Uh, it, is, just, um, it just said, you know, dear radio host, if you're going to oh, yeah. send out... I was radio host. Yeah, dear radio host, if you're going to send out a press release or an invite to be on your show, don't send me the competitor's name in it. Kind oh, of thing. okay. Which yeah. is fair. And then he said hurt, and you know... Oh, yeah, dear radio host, if you're going to email... Yeah, well, you just said it right. Competitors right. Oh, hurt, and then hashtag a bit. Yeah. So I don't know where... There we go. See, Dave? Yeah. See, you have enemies too. Oh no, no, I do, I do. Yeah, we all we all have enemies in this great big comedy world, don't well, we? How can you? You can't be liked by everybody. Yes, if you, you can. are. You're, you're a bit of a. Yes, you can. Uh, you're a bit of a complacent shit. Yeah, you're a cheerleader. Well, not necessarily a cheerleader, but you just you, you know, if you haven't pissed anyone off in hey, your life, Canada's what? Canada's the best country in the world. My oh, friend. hey, and I, I guess you just quit smoking, and you're yeah. an uncle too, and yeah. we're going to go off on a big list of all the the crowd pleasing uh, things to say to That's us. Right. What a great country this is. Hey, oh, you're shit, American. Yeah. Why do you like our beer? with alcohol in it, huh? Oh Makes God. you pee. Uh, there was one time, uh, very rarely do I feel it's appropriate to say to town, does this town like to party or what? <laughs> You've and never said that. I dude. have said that. I was out on, I was out east at a fucking Dooley's pool hall where I was playing a whole bunch of uh, wonderful people. And, uh, and I actually <laughs> said, uh, does this town like to party or what? And they went along with it. And Well, I mean, maybe that town liked to party. but what, uh, Is there a town that goes, absolutely not. No, we do not party no, here. We, we not, only do work. Right. Yes. Yes. Comedian. I was and in in that same respect, you know, they when they always tell you on a uh, an airplane if uh, something happens, not to panic. Mm-hmm. I am still waiting for the situation where panicking is appropriate. Has, <laughs> right, is yeah, there yeah. is there a situation where it's just like, okay, can everybody here uh, please just lose their shit? Com- everyone act completely irrational. Right. Throw shit up in the air. Punch the person beside you. Whip your dick out. Do something crazy. Panic. This is what is the most appropriate thing to do right now. That's right. I'm still waiting for that because they always say, don't panic now. But uh, every, every Every time I'm on an airplane, I'm always watching the Discovery Channel, and it's always that show about a plane crashing. Like, it's every fucking time I'm on a plane, it's a show about a plane crashing. Oh, it's the show Mayday. Yeah, Mayday, right? And it's like shows you of these people fucking dying and crashing, and then there's this one episode, and I probably would have been this stupid. Everybody died on board the plane because it hit the water, and they inflated their fucking thing before they should have. Like, when you put the, the raft thing around your neck, you're not supposed to inflate it until you're in the water out of the plane, because it can create air and you can't go underneath and everybody died doing that. I'm like, I'm so fucking stupid I would have done that. Thank you, Mayday. They should get you to tell that story uh, on, every, on every airplane before right. they go down. You listen to her how you're supposed to put this shit on and listen. Nobody listens anymore. No one does. Everyone does. Everyone, I just, most likely you're going to die if you if you get yeah, grounded like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to, I don't the horror of living and being the only one who lived and all that stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll sit through, if I, I was watching Mayday on a plane, I, I would sit through it if the pilot is, is alive doing telling the story right like the pilot's there he, and he's telling the story of like oh man this one crazy time mm-hmm. <laughs> i hope he just doesn't tell it like he's like a surfer guy just <laughs> or he's been partying yeah. and the pilot says right before they crash do you guys like to party or yeah, what yeah exactly just playing full of partiers you want to go faster you want to go backwards exactly who loves cotton candy let's puke i uh i you were in hamilton this weekend I was in Hamilton yeah. this weekend. It was one of the most uh, uneventful shows. That uh, it was just very, uh, it was very blasé. There was nothing, nothing, uh, nothing exciting about nothing. it. Yeah, it I didn't even do shows. I just did family stuff. I quite enjoyed it. 
did a little bit of work on some of the festival stuff I'm doing in the summer, and that's it. I didn't do any work. I went to go and see the movie The Dictator, and if you get a chance, go and see it. It's very, very funny. It's like less than 90 minutes. It's exactly what you want out of a comedy. And I realized that any time that they mention nudity in a Sasha Baron Cohen movie, it's going to be his cock. You're right. not going to see any tits. Right. There was the no, opportunity no for tits. There was yeah. no opportunity for tits, uh, and there was opportunity for vagina. But actually, we did see, I don't want to ruin it, a spoiler alert, but we yeah. do see a vagina from the inside looking out. Oh, nice. But okay. uh, that's not ruining it. You won't yeah. expect it when it happens. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, a cock, uh, his cock coming towards a window, and then it got pressed up against the window. That's no reason not to see the movie now. But sure. it's very. It, it was very funny. It was it was cool to see him in that sort of like um, actually scripted film because right. normally he's you know fucking around with the public and stuff. But I still think he's the closest thing to Peter Sellers that we have. Uh, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I, I could think see that, that. I think that's if Peter Sellers was still around. I think that's how he would have evolved. That he would have mm-hmm. taken his his characters and he would have put them out into public situations, much like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen does. Did you ever see the the Life According to Peter Sellers that movie? I did. Yes. Yeah. With, um, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. He was, well, Peter Sellers was admittedly not a nice guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and he didn't. He, he was left... like Ron Vaudry. He was weird. <laughs> but not any of the accomplishments <laughs> that Ron Vaudry. Uh, I know. We don't want to. I don't want to pick on Ron. I know. It's. I, I mean, he's not here to defend himself. Right. But then again, I. You know what? If Ron was wanted to come back on the show to defend himself, sure. we probably wouldn't let him do that. But no, would we? Would yeah, he, he can if, come if, on. He can come on. Yeah, he can come on. I don't All care. Right. Ron what can do I come care? Back he can come back anytime. on and defend himself and say whatever he wants. I. Uh, that's the whole point of the show. I did realize, though, while watching The Dictator, that there's probably a, not a lot of. Uh, I was going to say, there's not. A, it would be a difficult movie to take a girl to for the first time. Right. That's a bad first date movie. Worst first first date movie. Uh, I took a girl. We went to my parents' house. We watched The Evil Dead. Do you remember The Evil Dead? Uh, the first one. Yes. And there's a scene where a girl gets raped by a tree. Right. And you know, I'm sitting there. I've seen this movie ten times. I forget about the tree raping scene. I'm thinking about it. Oh my god, here it comes. At one point, she's on the couch with me. By the time the tree raping scene was over, she's in a chair and off the couch, not even sitting with me. I'm like, yeah, this wasn't a good idea. Did you ever see Revolutionary Road? The uh, yes. Leonardo. That, oh, yeah. I took a chick to that what movie. What were you fucking? thinking but it doesn't say that she's going to have an abortion in the in her living room yeah, at the end of dude, the movie it's though. not really a date movie I, it doesn't say that it doesn't apply that it yeah. does it looked like this sort of like a uh, guy from the 50s disconnected to the you know evolving modern world that he was in i thought that would have been a cool movie i don't know but it was wow the way you summed that up was good i want to see the movie so. you just summed up uh, you don't want to uh, i did we'll, want to see that movie we'll edit out the uh, the abortion yeah, in the abortion, living room yeah scene. yeah but um, TV all that shit and chop, chop it up so the Christians can watch it. <laughs> I don't want to say what my state of mind was when I was watching that movie, but at the end when she's having the abortion, I was just like, "Who's going to clean that up? Nice. Is, how, how do you get that out of the out of a carpet in the in the fifties? Nice. That was before spray and wash. The thing I don't like about like. Uh, I saw Borat, and this is why I didn't go see The Dictator yet, and I liked some of Borat, but some of it I didn't like. Like, I felt uncomfortable, and it seems kind of hypocritical because my comedy is based on uncomfortableness sometimes. But any time that I think the victim is not justified, then I kind of get my back up a bit. Like in Borat, the scene where they're at the, you know, the kind of fancy house, and they're having dinner with all the people, the higher echelon people, and, uh, you know, he calls that woman ugly for kind of no reason. I just was, like, really uncomfortable for five or ten minutes going, I don't know if I like this movie anymore. Really? It was weird for me. Yeah. Because if she justifies being being called ugly, like she had said something derogatory about him, then it's open game. But just to go with someone like that to get a reaction, I don't think it's justified. Uh, Do you? Uh, uh, 
Well, I mean, he's playing a character, and it was all okay. about it was all about sort of getting people's reactions to sure. things. And I think that those people in in that one scene they played it fine because they were sort of they were sort of being very very polite, and I think right. they knew that they were working like um, amongst an idiot right. in that situation. So they they didn't know it was a character, and he wanted to get stuff out of them. Know. Well, what about the scene from Michael Moore and when he uh, confronts Dick Clark in that? Uh, in, I, in, I, I, hey, I, I love Michael Moore, but I also think there's some things wrong with his movies too. You yeah. know, the whole the the debate with uh, the guy who had uh, going near Alzheimer's. I can't remember the movie in Fahrenheit, right? With the guns. And, oh, um, Charlton Heston. And Charlton Heston. Right. I felt that was a little weird. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, he was sort of picking. It, it felt like he was kind of picking yeah. on an old man. Right. But I mean, and I think it was even picking on an old man when he confronted Dick Clark. Yes. Because it's not like, you know, I mean, Dick Clark just puts his name on a lot of shit, like, right. and he doesn't really know exactly what's going on. Right. Um, but Michael Moore's point there is he should know. If you put your name on it, then you should know, and that's the whole argument, right? Yeah. Well, he should know just as much as, like, Kathy Lee should have known when all her, shit, uh, her stuff was being designed in a sweatshop. So. Right. Okay, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. We're going to have to go to the first commercial break, but there'll be lots more shots at people, and we'll have a lot more fun. When we come back from the break, Jason Agnew will be joining us in the studio, and we're going to have a lot of ha-ha with that this week. <laughs> that sounds so fucking sarcastic. No, I mean, really? this week really? we're going to have fun, right? I can't tell your sarcasm, just oh, like in your ha-ha. tweets and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. You should put I'm a smiley face. Can, can you do more smiley faces, more smiley so, faces. I, I, so I know that you're yes. joking around? Show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Aaron Frost and Dave Martin. This is Jason John Whitehead, and you're listening to Anything Goes on XM Laugh Attack. Still waiting for the bestiality videos to get their own category at the Adult Video Awards. This is Anything Goes with Aaron Frost and Dave Martin. Welcome back to Anything Goes, and in the studio this week, Jason Agnew. Uh, even before we say hello to Jason, many people are called the hardest working man in show business, but I don't know anyone that is on more television shows right now than Jason Agnew. You have uh, multiple things on Byte TV, uh, Splat a lot on YTV, which I watch with my kids almost every single week. Uh, you have uh, Law, which is live audio wrestling on TSN Radio, and also your newest show is Door to Door, right? That's your newest. That's one. the new one, yeah. That's, that's on the, the game uh, show. It's on Travel and Escape Network. It's like Cash Cab, but we actually go to different towns all across North America and go right. to people's homes, go inside. Uh, providing they let us in, because yeah. sometimes they don't, sometimes yeah, yeah, they yeah, say yeah. no, and uh, and you know they answer trivia questions about their hometown or home state, and they get them right, we give them money. Now, has has it ever happened? Like I've seen a lot of these shows on, in America where they go to the doors and it's like, get off my property. Uh, I have to say, I was completely worried about that going to the U.S. because a lot of the time we'll go down, we'll tweet that we're coming down or get a newspaper article about us right. going down, and people will write in and say, hey, come to my house. Okay. So we'll say, if you want to be on the show, stay home on this day. Right. And we'll have like five people lined up, right? And we'll go to two houses per show. But there have been towns like <laughs> Lake Havasu, Arizona, for instance, right. where we got there and had two people lined up, and then they both canceled. Right. And my producer's solution was, we're going to go door to door. Right. We're going to do it cold. And I said, sure. what? Yeah. What? What do you mean we're going to okay. do that? Yeah. I'm the first one that's going to get shot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you didn't suggest wearing hoodies or anything no, like that, did you? No, 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 no. <laughs> or having a pack of Skittles in your hand or anything like that? Because he says to me, he's like, well, it'll be like Publishers Clearinghouse. I'm like, no, well, it's going to be like cops. Like yeah. people are going to think they've done yeah. something wrong. A and repo pull out the man. Gun. Yeah. Repo man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
having said that, we, we've gone a couple times cold to people's homes, and um, it has uh, worked out. There's been some interesting scenarios, but it has uh, worked out for the most part. And are you like a, you a game show fan yourself? I mean, you do other things than just that in terms of game shows, right? Yeah, I, I've you know I watched game shows growing up, and I, you know I watched the the Bob Bar. You know, my 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 summer vacation was a lot of Bob Barker at, sure. uh, at eleven o'clock in the morning every day, and uh, I started doing game shows. When I got the uh, I got the offer to do one called uh, Brain Battle, on I do Global. remember Brain Battle. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was me standing in front of a board. Initially, there were uh, there was both a call in portion of it, mm-hmm. and there because it was called Call TV, so there's a call in portion of it. it's big in Europe, and then there was also contestants in the studio. Right, and I love the contestants in the studio part. Wasn't too sold on the uh, rip-off game show aspect, call in, spend your money, so right. the company makes money. Right, of course. Uh, and then the after about maybe 50 to 100 episodes, they said, well, you know what? Whenever you do this stuff in studio, we're not making money. So we're just going to get rid of the contestants, leave you with a board behind you with 10 answers on it, and you're going to talk about that board for one hour straight Ooh. with no commercials because it's a time buy on the network. Of course, So yeah. I talked for an hour straight. As as terrible as as the actual programming was, it gave me amazing experience sure. to be on the air for an hour and talk that long about nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, and also get used to using an IFB because producers were relaying relaying stuff while I was speaking, and I just had to kind of spit it out. So it was good training for me. Yeah, yeah. And when was that? That would have been. It started in about uh, 2007, okay, and went to uh, almost the end of 2008. We had 18 months on the air, and I did that one. And I did one. Uh, uh, same type of thing on E Network when E Network launched here yep, in Canada yep. called Pop Q, and then I did one that and this is my favorite one where uh, it only lasted about seven episodes, but it was called Time Shift Trivia, and the goal was because Canada uh, has so many different time zones, we're gonna do a show starting at one a.m. for each time zone in Canada late okay, night. Okay, and so I would do four hours of programming. Wow. Four in all of the time zones in Canada and do just different questions. And if the goal was to get people to go from time shift on their Rogers box or bell box or whatever and watch all of the shows. And it was, I, I did four hours in a row every Friday night starting wow. at 1 a.m. <laughs> so from 1 to 5 a.m. Really, 1 to 5 a.m. I was working. Right. And standing there talking. Ugh. It was it was it was quite the experience. What, what do you think goes into the making of a good game show? Because there's a there's a, a comedian friend of ours that is trying to put one together, and it's basically it's basically like a version of Deal or No Deal. And I I, I didn't want to really be honest with him because because I couldn't, and he's a lot bigger than me. Right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just I, I I saw his version of Deal or No Deal, and I just I wanted to say this is not good. And and I I have my own opinions. What what is your opinion of what makes a good game show? Well, you know what I really like, and and it might be because it's benefited me a little bit. But uh, the fact that when Cash Cab started, and you know, kudo, it, it actually came from a, a format in Germany. Actually, yeah, is yep. where that show started. Yeah. It was brought oh. over to the oh yeah, yeah. Germans a, a lot of crazy things started in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Um, good you or four bad. Jews getting this taxi <laughs> cab. I know exactly. You can all, win some money. All the places to get into a strange vehicle is yeah. Germany. Yeah. So uh, aside from that, though, I you know. Uh, uh, it made its way over here to Canada, and all of a sudden, it made Canadian game shows relevant again. Because previous to that, everyone's watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? right. Or, or all of those shows where the prizes have to be at least a million dollars, astronomical that no one in Canada really can afford. We couldn't do television-wise, right? But now with Cash Cab, people win five hundred bucks. 
they're they're flipping their sure. lid over yeah. it, right? Right. So I love the fact that uh, that that's back into it now. Now it's going to become a bit of a fad. I mean, I think door to door is the second one that's happened after Cash mm-hmm. Cab. We managed to get on the air pretty quick. I, I've already I've already heard people in the comedy community have been trying out for other ones. There's one in an elevator oh, coming. Oh, I know yeah. the one in the elevator. I've heard. I've the heard one thing. Matt yeah. Barham was talking about trying out yeah. for that. I'm yeah. like, okay, well that show's happening. I know Shaw is trying to do another show just like Door to Door, traveling and doing games as well. But I like the. Um, the, the, the smaller prizes, a whole bunch of people catching them in their environment when it's kind of yeah. unexpected. I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And, you know, as far as hosts go, the host is there to kind of connect with the people at home and kind of let them in on a few jokes, but right. not overbearing, like not in your face. Like when I saw, what's his name, Guy Fieri, host, he was hosting a game mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that the min- Minute to Win It. Minute or to Win It. I was yeah. like. Really? Like, there's yeah. a guy who's an overbearing personality. Right. Why is he hosting a game show? Yeah. It didn't make sense. Howie Mandel actually, I thought, did a very good job of it. And, you know, yeah, brought some yeah. personality yeah, to it. Yeah, for sure. Transferred over from comedy very well. But, um, I mean, that's what I like about a game I, show. I, just, I found that the deal or no deal, the novelty wore off way too quickly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to me, uh, every good game show is something that you can also play at home while watching Very much it. so, yeah. And as far as, like, picking briefcases, you know, with a bunch 47. of hot inside them. Yeah. So, 41. So oh, it. you didn't choose that's that one. It's interest, like that's yeah. you know you can you're basically watching the contestants on that show yeah and well, if, if you think about it uh, Price is Right is kind of like that as well because there's some games you 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 know the yodeling guy you can't really play that much at home Plinko you can't play at home but yeah. you enjoy watching the contestants but I agree with you I mean on Sunday mornings I do something on uh, another radio station here in town uh, and you can say CFRB I can say CFRB yeah, yeah for sure all right uh, so I do uh, CFRB I do a Sunday morning trivia right and the whole thing is based on people calling in and you know just you know, for a little prize. The prizes aren't huge, but it's all about everyone's playing along at home when they're listening, and anyone has the chance to play. Right. Uh, now, there's a, another show that you do, the uh, the Conventioneers. I do that which show. The very, the very first time that I saw that show, I was like, oh, fuck this guy. That was, it was just in the sense that it was such a, a great idea because you're really going to places where people want exposure. They, they want do. to be seen. They do. And they don't necessarily look at a camera as, oh, this I'm going to be made fun of or I've... People want to get their products shown out. And I just it. thought it was a brilliant, brilliant idea. You know, I got to say my inspiration, because that show, I uh, I came up with the idea and uh, and, and put it forth. And, and Matt Chin, who's my co-host on that show, was my intern at yeah. the time at Byte TV. And I and he was doing a show in his garage. He was always very inspired by the Tom Green type of thing. Right. Found him. I thought he was a very funny kid. That show, I was actually inspired by, um, do you remember the show The Buzz here in Toronto? Sure. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, Darren yeah. Jones, Mr. Yeah. Moe, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I thought The Buzz was great. I used to watch it when it was on like Rogers Cable 10. Mm-hmm. That's when I thought it was actually best. And I thought that it was a great show as far as you know, just going on the street and talking to people and being funny. But it was the same thing every week. Right. They yeah. never changed their environment. Right. With conventioneers, you know, we're in a different environment. We have different jokes that we can do every week, different gags, different sight gags. And along with that, Dave, you're absolutely right. <coughs> Excuse me. You go into a trade show, and people want to pimp what they're there to sure, sell. Right. Yeah. And we walk in with suits and ties, so they think, we oh, they're going to get on the news? Yeah, this right. is a pro. Oh, my goodness. This is a professional show. It's presentation. That's right. It's great. Yeah. And uh, then we flip it on its head, and some people, are they play along. Right. They still see it as a way to get exposure for their product. Well, they do, though. And it's... some don't. Right. Have you ever been to, have you ever been to a, uh, a convention you've already been to and run into people, or at a different convention, it's someone else pushing a different product at that time, but they were on the show with a different product? Have you ever had any kind I have, yeah. There's one guy who who is pitching like this magnesium uh, 
solution that you put in your drink to, I don't know what Ugh. it does. To lo- make matches or something I like don't that? know, <laughs> man. I don't, yes, it's shit matches? Supposed, to, supposed to solve all your problems <laughs> or something. Uh, and yeah, we met him at one convention, and he was really funny, and he played along. And we met him at another convention, and we were like, so did you see it? And he's like, I saw it. It was funny. I'm like, you want to do it again? And oh, okay. he's like, let's do a different bit, you know? Sure. And, and he totally went along. But there are the other ones That's where I mean. they yeah. see what has happened and it wasn't what they wanted. Right. But we got the, we do get releases signed. Sure. But we do it after the interview. So right. people know what they have said. Right, of course. You know, they just don't know how we're going to edit it sometimes. Right, right. But see, that still amazes me because even on the t- TV show like Cops, every time that they don't blur someone's yeah. face, they've gotten a release from them. Yes, so it's just, yes. I can't see why anyone at a convention would be like, I don't want to be on your TV show, but someone who just got pulled over and they found crack in their car. <laughs> well, like, oh, when's this going to be on the TV? People, people worry about, you know, how their product is perceived. And, and you know, not everybody um, goes forth with the mentality of any publicity is good publicity, right. right? There are some that want it to be seen in this way. You can't make fun of it. And... They don't want to have a good time. Not everyone rolls with the world of comedy, right? Sure. Now, I, I've seen one of the shows where you're at the uh, Everything to Do with Sex show. Yes, we've and, been there a few uh, times. I, I have to admire the entrepreneur that thinks that uh, when the two of you are in suits approaching them with a camera, the entrepreneur that thinks, oh, here's a news story about butt plugs. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, this is kind of weird. This is a very liberal-thinking town. They're the, going to uh, do a whole news story about things that you put in your butt. Well, no, the everything to do is sex show. Or or we've been to um, the Adult Entertainment Expo in Las Vegas now oh, as well. And yeah. uh, that is where there's just, there's just no rules. That is... Uh, maybe that and actually that that's a good convention because there's no rules and we can do whatever we want to do but at that point we play it down and we let the people on camera play it up right and, and we actually came to that conclusion when we went to pride one year here in Toronto and we hopped into the parade and we learned quickly that wait a minute everyone here is gonna play along and we're not the spectacle in in a very calm convention hall so we figured it out year two when we went to Pride. We just stayed on the boardwalk and interviewed the crazy naked people. Yeah, right. and, and you know, and and it, and that works out for the show. Right. You know, there's certain shows where Matt and I go in, and we know we're going to have to work for our content. We're going to be the jokes. We're going to be the one making fun of people. And in other ones, let's say Pride, or let's say the Adult Entertainment Expo, or the Testicle Festival in Missoula, Montana. What? We yes which is 5,000 bikers that get naked in the middle of a field and enjoy the cuisine of deep-fried bull testicles. Yes, this exists. You go to Missoula, which is in Montana. It's a town of 30,000. Then you drive half an hour outside of that to Rock Creek, Montana, to a shack at the side of the road where all these 5,000 bikers are. At that convention, which is the trashiest of trash, you just walk out there and you put out a microphone. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it happens. Yeah, no jokes necessary. Nope, because yeah. there's your joke. Yeah. You see the bikers were naked too? Yeah, man. it's They have a competition there, so Dave. What, what, okay, as you're going there, what can you smell first? Biker balls <laughs> or the deep fried uh, cow balls? It's or funny. They, are. they have a competition. Dave, number one, they uh, have an don't over. Play a, don't say a stinky ball competition. Not though. a stinky ball, a big ball competition. All right, the that's... biggest testicles wins the prize. Okay, now what if someone was caught pounding on their own nuts with like a cinder block <laughs> before dude, the. Swell them? To swell them? To swell them up yeah. Yeah. That's probably legal. That's just uh, a good work ethic. That's just, that's <laughs> cheating where I'm from. Now, a lot of your shows are on Bike TV, and you yep. were there from the very beginning of yes. Bike TV. Yep. And, you know, Bike TV's now become a player almost like very much like the comedy network. You've kind of branded because pretty much exclusively comedy. Yes, it is, definitely. Right. Yeah, definitely exclusively comedy at this point. We did that about a year and a half ago or so. And was that like a conscious decision of like we could have multi-programming, but this is just something we think we can do well, but stick to it? Or, you know, what? 
How well, did that work? The, the way that, you know, Bites ratings weren't doing very well. And right. uh, a lot of it was... That's okay. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like I was the first producer there and the exec producer of the channel. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, we came to the conclusion that it's, it's really tough to be a generalist niche network. Right. Who's going to tune into... We had a cooking show followed by a skateboarding show yeah, followed by the conventioneers, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it was all over the map. I mean, I enjoyed the environment because I got to produce a lot of different shows. Sure. And it was cheap and cheerful programming, right? right. I really enjoyed it. It was almost like the SCTV where things just got on the air when yeah. we made them, right? Yeah. Yeah. There were some good years there that really I didn't realize what I was in the middle of when they were happening. Right. But we saw a groundswell around, actually, the convention years, where we had gotten in the face of, like, Fan Expo and Anime North who had banned us, and then all these kids rallied around how much they loved our show, and we got good hits online for it, and it was like, well, we're doing comedy Pretty well. We also had Stand Up and Bite Me, yeah. which was a competition, uh, you know, that that we did locally here in Toronto yep. first, and we had you know thirty two comics. They played their way down for a prize of five thousand, and we expanded that to do uh, a national competition where we had the Toronto and the Vancouver comics play out. So it's like comedy is something we're producing well on our own. So if we're going to do well with that. Let's concentrate on it and right. let's make a whole network about it. And, you know, we look, we, the, the company also owns a channel called Ox, which is much music's competitor, you know, or MTV's okay. competitor because it actually plays music videos. Yeah. Whereas right. those two channels don't they anymore. They don't anymore, right. So we thought, you know, there's a lot of uh, chatter going on about the comedy network and not representing what comics are doing you know, in Canada as opposed to just buying programming. So, hey, let's do a little bit more support for, you know, the local comedy community. And we've been able to do, yes, Conventioneers is still going, hopefully for season eight. Don't right. know yet. Right. Uh, but along with that comedy bar, which, you know, we got involved with Gary Rideout and Pat Thornton and, mm -hmm. and all those guys. So we've, we have a second season of that coming out as well. Right. And uh, one of the things that I have uh, pushed forth and has just started is my new show uh, that's on CFRB called The Late Shift, which yes, Darren, you absolutely. were just on. And yep. Dave, you're going to be on next week. And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of that Mark Maron style of show where we get to sit down and chat with comics. Not about, you know, not have them come in and do their routines, but more right. so like just so It's like, yeah. hey, let's sure. sit back. Let's shoot the shit. Let's find out why uh, you do do what you do and why you want to put yourself out there on stage. So right. it's a lot of supporting the local comedy community. Do you think you can turn the late shift into something on Bite TV? Is that what you want to do? I would love to. Right. I would love to be able to, you know, do a, like, you know, Gian Gabeshi does uh, yeah, Q, Q yeah. and I think something like that for Bite would work very well. We mm -hmm. tried uh, about a year, well, maybe two, three years ago. I remember ago, seeing The Surf. The Surf, which right. is exactly what I was, it was a live late night talk show, but we were also based in Mississauga at that point, and it was really tough to get guests all Absolutely. the way out to Mississauga, yep. and uh, and and plus for TV, there was a crew of, you know, 15 that we were bringing out every week, and I, I was producing that, booking the guests, hosting <laughs> it, etc. Right? so it was like, uh, it was it was really fun. I had a great group of guys working on it. I mean, right. the thing with me is, I am such a workaholic, as sure. you said, all of my very good friends are all work in the industry. Right. You right. know, so, and it was like, all right, one of my buddies can direct. One of my buddies can co-produce. One of my buddies, I got three cameraman friends, so everyone's going to jump in and work on this show. And it was, it was a very cool kind of community. We're going to get this done every week, guys. 10 o'clock, we're going live on the air no matter what. And it was really cool. But it's just so tough to get people out there and a studio and there's costs associated with it. So, I have to say, though, if CFRB has just put in cameras and if we were able to kind of turn that around and do something with the late shift actually turning into a, a TV show, mm -hmm. I think it'd be really neat. No, I do, too. Now, you know, you're not a you're not a stand up. I'm not. A and lot of people have gone think... through. Sec have you done the Second City thing or no. is just all your 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 TV uh 
I guess, uh, charm experience. has just been, your, your TV experience has just come from being on it and learning on camera? Yeah, it's strange. I went to Ryerson for the Radio and Television Arts program, and I kind of got my start there. And in my third year production, I was really inspired by Mr. Show. Right. Uh, I, that was like the be-all and end-all of sketch comedy to me, all, along with Saturday Night Live. And I got the opportunity to produce like a 15-minute interconnected uh, sketch program in my third year. And I was like, wow, is, is it possible to do this for a living? Because if so, I want to do it. And I got hired on this show called uh, Bang TV as one of the hosts right out of school and that was again I was first just a host and I was hosting and editing I was hosting editing producing now my salary didn't go up but right. I got a lot of opportunity yeah, there That's what happens I in did the beginning. teens dating yeah. after that and uh, and I just learned that way and I, I I always wanted to do kind of the Second City stuff and yes I will try stand up at some point but well, I'm not telling you I to, feel don't, intimidated please. by guys like you <laughs> no. believe me you guys are so uh, good at what you do I feel intimidated no, you're go going the, you're going the right route as yeah? far as uh, can I get can I get one more question in Darren We're, we got to wrap it up okay I, just very quickly uh, who so far because you also host the show live audio wrestling I do you had your 15th year anniversary yes and who so far is the worst to work with uh, game show contestants wrestlers or comedians uh, definitely not comedians I love this community the most out of all of them uh, the worst to actually show up is wrestlers. Ah, okay. Yeah, right. I, I, some of them are very nice, but some of them are not. Contestants are happy to be on TV. Comedians sure. appreciate someone not just wanting to laugh at them and actually get, you know, a little bit more in-depth. Right. Well, okay. So there you have it. All right, thank you. And if you. people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Do you have a uh, website? Get a hold of me, jasonagnew.com is my new website. Okay. So jasonagnew.com. And my Twitter? Twitter, at agnewjason. It's my okay. name, but backwards, because some dick has got... Jason Agnew uh, we'll pisses me we'll off. We'll fucking get him. Dick Son of name. a bitch. Well, we'll bring him on the show. Yeah. We'll fuck that guy. No racist right. signed here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, yeah, guys. thank you very much. Proving once again cats are smarter than humans, this is Anything Goes with Aaron Frost and Dave Martin. Hey, this is stand-up comedian Pete Zedlacker, and you are listening to Laugh Attack on Sirius XM Radio. Listen! Wipe off your face. We're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we're back from the break. This is Anything Goes, and joining us in the studio is our second guest for this show tonight. Uh, Dave Merhej is here, who is doing a big tour with Arthur Simeon, who was on the show last year. Uh, the tour is called Legends in the Making. It's a 2012 live stand-up comedy tour that's hitting Kingston, Montreal, Ottawa, Windsor, and Toronto over the next two-week period. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about where you can find out more information about the shows, but he's here. Thanks for coming by, Dave. Oh, thank you, guys. Have you gotten any flack at all for the, for the, the name of the tour? Probably, uh, it just came, yeah, because it's good. You, I mean, you know how, you like, you know, he did it as, um, I, I, because I, what happened was, I was a um, big hip hop fan, so I was sure. inspired by Watch the Throne, Kanye yep. West, and, yeah, uh, and uh, Jay Z. And I mean, Arthur never worked together, so I was just joking, not joking, but I was like, hey man, maybe we should do a tour like that, mm-hmm. but just like a joke, almost like because I know comics get angry, right? And, like, in their they get in their own heads, and we all get in our, our own heads, and like. We're not, we don't take ourselves that seriously. And then so he came up with a name, and I remember going, like, we're probably going to get a lot of backlash. Yeah. And right. he's like, yeah. And then we just went with it because, like, I don't I don't take myself serious at all. 
I don't know. Like uh, normally, I sometimes get upset with titles of shows. <laughs> normally, yeah. normally, yeah. Uh, I do. But when I saw this, when, especially when I saw the card, I kind of got it as it was kind of more of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, like well, you're wearing like a band leader's jacket yeah. with no yeah. shirt and on. Arthur's got the whole facial expression of "Wow, we're in your face." Yeah, you know, which is so Arthur, by the way. Yeah. He's so in your face, <laughs> high energy. But uh, so I kind of took it that way. But I could see, you know, some people saying that for sure. Yeah, we. Um, I I don't know. I just kind of like I again to go back to. Hip hop is just hip hop is like very boisterous when it's not yeah. really. It's yeah. just like kind of like it's almost not fake, but like they're just being boisterous to be boisterous. So that's what I right. thought it was. It's just friendly. Like I don't really look walk around like I'm a legend. I don't. I'm just like making people laugh. So yeah, just, yeah. Like, no, no. I I'm wearing. Uh, I think the, I think you're right about the whole uh, the hip hop analogy makes the most sense yeah. in presenting what your guys are trying to do. Now you've already done a show in London, yeah. Right, and how was that? That was very fun, man. It was, yeah, uh, it was a very good crowd. They was in, they were into it. Uh, Arthur did well. Um, we so had, is it just a two-manner, or do you guys have a host uh, in as well? In that city, we had Jeff Leeson host and Ez Fidel okay, uh, yep. open, who were locals, and they both did amazing jobs. Great. Too. So now, well, what, now, uh, I mean, you, you bring up uh, hip-hop a lot. Now, what? who, in your opinion, was a greater influence on even your comedic style? Would it be more from music or comedy? Oh, it was Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor? Yeah, yeah, Richard Pryor. Okay. My, uh, but where, Richard where, does, where does the hip-hop element come in? Because there's a, there's a definite rhythm to you on stage. Oh, it's probably, yeah, that's where the rhythm comes probably from hip-hop and also just the way they promote and um, how uh, and their style and the fashion that comes in. Right. Because every the, hip-hop artist says that they're the greatest. Yeah, uh, I'm very I'm very quiet. Yeah, so I'm not. I've I've uh, I've never. I don't even. Th I just. Um, no, no. But he means in terms oh, of the presenting. Like, yeah, like, presenting, you're, like you're doing like this that in, the, one, in the marketing side. Yeah, you know, marketing the marketing side sense. is very. Yeah, I mean, Buster Rhymes would never say. You know what? There's a lot of other great rappers <laughs> out there. I'm pretty good myself. Let the music speak for us. No, they're all like, no, they're right. all like, listen, no. Fuck these other guys! I'm the yeah. greatest. That was yeah. very Kanye West influence because I'm yeah. I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm wearing something stupid. So. <laughs> right. Like it was a very dumb top I picked. Do you but, a, that that amazes me about Kanye West. He can just put on anything, no matter how ridiculous it is. Now he and, can. Yeah, but, but those I, the sunglasses, those glasses from the '80s, which the slat. That was you watched this, him. I've watched him evolve into. He just used to wear polo shirts. Yeah. That's yeah. when he wasn't selling millions. And then as he progressively got bigger, he felt like. Because he's in, not insane, but like he has so much money now. He wears a skirt, which I like. I I I'm with him, but that's the only thing I disagree with. Like you can't wear a skirt, man. Like just for hip hop yeah. purposes, yeah. And like you can't. But I don't know if that's money or he's nobody's gonna be in his camps. Like, dude, you're wearing a fucking skirt. Like, take I, it I off. I don't want it to take off because I don't want to see lots of men in skirts. Period. I don't no, want that I to be just, fashion. It, it doesn't look good. Like yeah. the skirt sucks. Like I've seen skirts, <laughs> and that's a shit. Maybe it was a nice flowing yeah, summer dress or something sucks. like that. So I really want him to wear a proper yeah. skirt. If he's gonna wear they pay one. someone to walk around with a fan all the time, so at least it went in the wind. Or a subway grate that he walks yeah. over at every show and then it blows yeah. up in a Marilyn Monroe tribute. <laughs> you know, um, you know who's a big fan of. Of you is uh, Kenny Robinson, who I re respect immensely, and uh, we talk uh, about you quite a bit, especially the last few weeks. And uh, I don't want to talk out of school here, but the one thing that Kenny has said to me and has impressed me is is definitely your work ethic. There's very few comics that have a worth work ethic like you do in terms of the number of shows that you're doing and the number of ways you're getting out there. You're one of the few comics that are doing it independently. You are with a, a registered chain or of comedy clubs in this country, and you've pretty much done it on your own way. Um, why are you so driven with the number of shows that you do? Because I have I have a, another question on top of that. But you're doing so many shows. Um, I when I first started back in Windsor, I just didn't understand the concept of how to progress. And then the manager at the time wouldn't let me go on stage until I took it seriously. Right. And then I met Jason Rouse. Right. So I met Jason Rouse, and he was um 
he he was very kind. I met Rouse, mm-hmm. Clement, and John Doerr, and they're all sweethearts. Right. But Rouse was like, um, you got to stay away from what you're doing. Like, maybe you should just go up and talk. No, I just understand that concept. He's just like, don't have anything on paper, just go and talk. I was like, oh, that's what I really want to do. And he also told me his work ethic. Right. So then that um, gave me um, inspiration. So I wanted to beat that. Sure. That's where it all started, too, is that it came from there. I was like, uh, he was I. He was just, when I watched him, it was, I was, just, it was very dope. So I was like, okay. He, he told me something, he said, you get what you put in. So that just um, stuck in my head forever. Right. So that's just, where it all came from. The, re- the only reason I bring it up, because I, you know, the last couple of years I've pulled back a bit, but I used to do a lot, a lot of shows around open mics and, and other things. The one thing I did find, though, there is a bit of a burnout. I don't know if you found this or not, but if you're out, like, say, six times a week, especially in Toronto, when you try to do a big show in Toronto, because you play so often in one market, it's very tough to get all those people to come out because they can see you so many times in other markets, like yeah, other places in town. That, you know what I mean? That's the, I, I was kind of burning out, but then I started leaving. Right. But I, I think it's like almost like for me now it's an addiction, so I can't even not do... Um, I have to do a show at least once a night. So it's like right. an addiction to me now. So I don't know what happened along the lines where it went from hustle to like just like like almost like if I was doing heroin. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. A couple nights I've I've um, not done it. And I remember being with ex-girlfriends and they just couldn't tolerate me. They're like, you're just, you're doing bits <laughs> to people. I go, what? Yeah. You're like doing bits to the movie guy. Well, especially so when, like, when when a chick asks you, uh, so are you getting paid? Like, no, 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 I just got to go out and do this. <laughs> it's like, so wait, you're not getting paid. Yeah. You're just going to hang out with your friends at shows and yeah. then you're going to go on stage. No, but I am going to go on stage. And so it's uh, it, it's hard for someone to wrap their heads around that and, and tell someone that like, Nah, I'm I'm putting comedy first, you know, forever. Oh, I tell them all the time. Yeah, I, the first three hours they they meet, I go, it's comedy over you. I don't until I make, <laughs> until I make a million dollars, you ain't nothing. Until so. I'm making three million wearing yeah. skirts, it's comedy first. <laughs> so I'm single. That's right, all the time. So, and you traveled a lot in the last year. You put in a lot of miles. Yeah, I just, I um, started going out west and um, and visiting um, BC and stuff like that, and Alberta and mm-hmm. just around the state. So I just feel that like uh, I don't know, man. I think it, you have to. But if you you have to put in work, like sure, I just don't want anyone to be like you don't deserve anything. Because I just want to put in the work to show you that right, I deserve whatever I get, and I think it's that's yeah. A, it's no, I mean, I mean, I would I would say I would disagree with you if if it was untrue. But the one thing that everyone knows is the amount of work that you're putting in, and I do agree with that analogy because you know uh, I don't want to make this about me, but uh, everything that I've ever gotten in this is only through hard work. Yeah, and uh, you know people may say whatever they want about me, but they know that for my generation, I'm the one who's out there the most generally doing new sets and new stuff, and that's the only way you kind of break through uh, through levels of comedy and you're definitely breaking through levels by doing what you're doing and I think people don't respect um, like when I move like and it's not even about being older or any any doing it more years I don't, right, don't want right. to talk about when I moved to the city I did not walk into a circle with Rouse Wilmot Tom State or Sean Collins I didn't I didn't talk to them in a manner of like disrespect I didn't walk up to them and be like oh, how did you get this I didn't do that right because I knew my position Right. Is a lot of people now don't know their positions. And it's not like uh, you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, there's no respect, man. I respected these. These were beasts, man. These were animals. Sure. These were like, you couldn't, you walk in a room and like, they were killers. 
and you just sat back and you're like, man. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I, I I understand where you're coming from, and uh, I don't want to make this about me either. But most of the things that I've got has been through uh, selling weed and blowjobs. <laughs> so I don't I don't know I don't know what it is about my dick. It's about it is, but people want to put their mouth on it, and, I just, right. and I'm like, well, why am I paying you? That seems weird. Rouse told me about you when I was yeah. young, man. Oh, Rouse yeah. was like, you gotta watch uh, when you get to Toronto because I didn't move there. He's like, you gotta watch Dave Martin. The now one thing I was like. Uh, because I remember I would see you doing like shows out in Alberta. Now you got a very sort of like, would you call yourself like an inner city act, or is it like is it a, is it more of an urban act? Like, uh, do you, do you, do you modify yourself when you go out? Uh, no, it's not like a, because I use slang. Yeah. I, I grew up near Detroit, and I was in, I listen. My cousins used to play hip hop all the time. I think it's because I use a couple like slang in the way I dress. People will always put me in that thing, and I don't get mad anymore. I used to get angry, but I'm like, right. hey man, you know, if people are laughing. It's like you can, that's all that matters. Yeah, it, all that matters. But I, I, I don't adjust that much. Like I'll, like, I'll, it just, yeah, I won't adjust actually. Because a lot of comics, the first time they go out outside of their uh, comfort zone, they're immediately like, oh man, I'm gonna have to change this. I'm gonna have to change yeah. that. But a lot, I know, like for the most part, a lot of comics are just like, well. No, fuck people are the same wherever they are. Yeah, they and, are. and even if they don't know yeah. every single hip hop reference or you know uh, reference that you're you're laying down, people you know watch TV and they know the beginnings of the culture. And if you paint a big enough picture, they'll go along with the ride. Yeah, so I learned like how to like just through the art form of like how to make it where they understand it and not making it so direct, like so. Like, a, you know, like, just mm -hmm. make it broad for them to understand. So I can just, because I, I spend so much time on the craft that I understand when I go to Regina, I'm not <laughs> going to just make it, you know, where I'm just going to have to be broad for these people and right. understand what the, what the fuck's going on kind of thing. Now, what, what is it like for you to play somewhere like Regina? Because not a lot of comic, like, for some reason, Saskatchewan is overlooked uh, by tours and, and because of whatever politics, there's not a lot going on in that in that province. Well, I love Saskatoon, Regina. Yeah, I, I do too. I haven't been there since 99. I've been trying to get there for f like seven years. They have planes, you know. And buses, I know they do, yeah. but it's hard to put tours together. <laughs> right, right. It's hard to put tours together in that province. It really is. And and you've been recently, and, and what's it? It's still a great party. Yeah, like people, they love entertainment there. They right? love Saskatoon's always a great room to manage it down there. It's cool, so it's yeah. always fun. So it's Regina, but you get like the rowdy. Yeah, I've, I've gone down. Um, actually, I was in the hotel. Me and uh, the other comic, we went down an hour before the show. We saw how rowdy we, they were. We went back up to our <laughs> hotel rooms and we're gonna quit. Yeah. We're like, man, what if we just like don't show? Up? <laughs> we're both scared. And right. He, but he, kind of, I was headlining, so he looked at me and I'm like, man, I got nothing, dude. Like they're animals. Yeah. They're drunk already. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, but you learn to like get tough before i went to just for laughs last year i was out there for two months and that's what i think helped me yep. win homegrown because i just was so i got called a faggot i yep. <laughs> called oh, yeah. an idiot so i was just like whatever yep. you want to call me uh, my emotions can't uh, take it anymore right yeah, yeah, th so. those kinds of gigs there's a certain level that you you gain from it and then you hit a ceiling and then you've got to kind of stop doing those kinds of gigs yeah and then just kind of go back every once in a while you can't do it keep doing them, no you can't but there's a learning curve for sure you haven't seen taught me one thing or he said something that was so smart that to me he's like you have to detach yourself from Certain situations, like from fest, from not getting accepted somewhere or someone not liking you, right? And it it was so brilliant because, you know, like I I was like, okay, I'm in Regina. Yeah, they're always gonna be drunk and rowdy. I can't really get mad at them. I could just kind of weather the storm. Yeah. and get my money and leave. Right. Well, it's it, it, that that's my thing too. It's sort of like 
you can't get really that angry at people yeah. if they're having a good time. Like yep. it'd be it'd be one thing if you showed up and and there were people and you could like if you went into the washroom and you heard all other, everyone whispering, "Hey, let's gonna we're gonna fuck up the comedian. We're gonna have him have a horrible show. He's gonna, gonna never want to." I mean, that's a conspiracy against yeah. you. But if they're just having a good time. Yeah, uh, it's hard to be like, "Hey, you people enjoying yourselves?" Before I even showed up here, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You know, well, you, don't, you, you can't be like that either. But now you have a very distinctive style. Do you ever feel like? Because I know that I've been to, I've been out west, and I'll leave, or no, I'll, I'll, no, I'll get to where I am out west, and then I'll, I'll and and there'll be people talking about how the last time that you were in town. And do you ever find that that people try to adopt your style without going through the evolution of, of uh, what you've been through yeah I'm, but i'm not like uh I, I don't know like i'm not humble to be humble i'm like i get it man it happens mm. like i've had people come to me like this guy took your style or whatever this guy's doing right you but i'm like i don't really have time to pay attention to that but like i worked hard man like i sucked like that's <laughs> so horrible and people used to talk trash about me and right. like, i was just always about premises and i just stumbled upon and i just kept focused and work. i had friends comics who turned on me they're like man if you don't go back to telling real jokes <laughs> We're not going to hang out with you. So, like, I just kind of stayed focused on, like, I honestly don't, um, I, it sounds stupid, but I'm like, I want to get better at writing jokes. I just, uh, just was tried to be myself. And that's right. how I would tell a joke right. to you off stage. I would try to tell it on stage. So that's where, where it came from. Now, how, now how do you deal with something like that? When, cause I've heard, I've heard comics say, I, I'm not going to say that they're, they're, talking shit but i've i've stuck up for you because i've been like because uh, i've uh, i've been to places where people be like oh man he goes on stage and he just yells and there's no jokes there's no jokes and i'm like well so they're jokes and i've seen you destroy in, in rooms where people kind of get a little bit tired of just seeing one guy go up and talk and then when you go when you go on stage there, there's a there's a, a it's it's almost like watching like a freestyle sort of rap rap show like and then you know you, you you take the audience to somewhere where they haven't that they haven't seen up to that point yeah like i've i've had friends tell me to my face like you you i've had like comics i can't i won't say the names because I, I, I no it's not okay. it but they it, it they didn't bother Ron yeah, Audrey at all <laughs> no, they kind of said just um i i cheat the audience i just yell so they can give me an applause i i get it man like i really can't i don't have time to to fight each individual when sure. i say that I'm like, I'm just having fun, man. I know it sounds corny right. and like, like too well, humble, I think, but I, like, I think there's, there's, you... there's different ways to look at it. First of all, I think you're not. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You work your stuff out on stage. You don't yeah. sit there with a pen and paper. No, maybe for a premise, but for in terms premise, of wording, yeah. Yeah. you work it out on stage. So that's a long process. And in the beginning, you probably are just shouting premises, yeah. right? In the beginning, yeah. and then as you work on a joke, it gets bigger and bigger. That's no different than what I do. So that's number one. And number two, it's like you know what? You can fight the world. You fight all the comics but it's kind of wasted energy yeah. only you know your path and you only you know the hard work that you put into it and that's really what you have to worry about because in the beginning yeah so what if comics say that to your face really in the end are they going to be there for you hopefully they are yeah, if they're not they're not you know I, they're not going to be there in, in fucking regina if you no. kill or tank <laughs> right. i had a comic pull me aside and they were like hey man i'm sorry i've been talking shit about you and i was like right hey, i i'm like i already know that Right. I'm like, I just asked. I was like, you can keep talking shit about me. That's fine. Right. I just ask you why. Right. Like, yeah. why are you doing it? Like, you're not getting anything out of it. And, like, right. I'm not, and I don't, like, really want to waste my time even thinking about it. So I'm just going to keep doing work. Right. It's, again, a corny and humbling kind of thing to say. But, like, it's just too stressful to worry about. But I understand where they're coming from. 
um, because we've all caught, been caught like that. And I've, sure. I've, so I, I don't speak any ill will about them. They can keep saying what they want. Right. Well, and, and like uh, like someone that all three of us uh, respect, Kenny Robinson once took me aside because I know that like uh, like you like years ago, years and years and years ago, I used to all be about making comics laugh. And just I used to always just play to the back of the room. Yep. And then I remember Kenny Robinson taking me aside one day and just saying, "Hey, listen, do you see any comics in the audience? Did you did any, any comics pay for tickets to come and see the show tonight?" And he, and uh, I was like, uh, "Well, no." And then he was like, "Well, then why are you trying to make them laugh? You know, yeah. if if the people that paid to go and see you, if you're making them laugh, at a certain point, that that's that's kind of what that's that's what counts." Yeah, I learned like from Kenny a lot, man. And I, I, I remember doing Nubian Night like seven years ago, maybe longer. And like that, he, he was just uh, was a very big influence to me because he's just uh, raw and pure and honest on stage and in the uh, same way off stage. And he was always real with me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I respected it about him. So I like if anyone was going to come over, he was very supportive. If anyone was going to, that's why I don't care what those people say because if he comes up to me and says something, yeah. where, then I know something. There's a yeah, problem look, other know- than that. Kenny's been doing it over thirty years. He's yeah. a legend, and you know he's not going to say something that isn't true. No. And there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, he that's the thing I love about Kenny. You know, he's still out there. He's still seeing young comics, and he's still trumpeting their causes when uh, you know they need it because it's not an easy game. And uh, you know, comics can be vicious. There's no doubt about it. Like children. Yeah, yeah, we are. In a big fucking schoolyard. Uh, so, Legends in the Making, you still have June 1st, uh, May 31st in Kingston, June 1st in Montreal at uh, Theatre St. Catherine, yeah. June 2nd in Ottawa at the Little Theatre, uh, June 8th in Windsor at the uh, Midtown Bar and Grill, and June 15th in Toronto at the St. Lawrence Centre. Uh, that's the big show, of course, at the end of the tour on June 15th. So, uh, please, and actually, you're donating proceeds to AMREF and to the Canadian Friends of Pearl yeah. Children. Yeah. So some of the proceeds to charity. That's yeah. nice. So all the shows start at 8 o'clock. Please uh, either find Dave Mahesh or Arthur Simeon on Facebook or on their websites and get this information for the shows, and I guarantee it will be a great show. So please do that. You guarantee it? Well, look, both I are... know it will be a great show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you guys fight of who goes on first and who goes on second? No. Uh, not, well, I'm very lenient. I'm like, I'm, I'm just lazy sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather go first because I want to go get drunk. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, nothing wrong you, with that. I know so are there, Arthur always wants to flip a coin. But we did the first London show. We flipped the coin. But I don't know if he he goes heads and I, it was tails. And he just I don't know why he got lost. But then he was like he didn't know the concept. Right. So I was like, man, do you not know the for like two seconds he like oh. And I'm like, man, we can't do this anymore if you don't know the concept of heads right. and tails, dude. Right. It's so weird. Wow. Like, but yeah, we kind of gonna go back and forth. Windsor, I'll probably close because it's my hometown. So right. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. That is the show. Uh, Dave, what do we got to say to wrap this thing up on uh, Facebook or well, iTunes? Yeah, go to our uh, our uh, Facebook group. We got uh, the Dylan Gott, Pete Zedlacker, and Darcy Michael episodes are coming up. Uh, I think they are both available right now. Yep. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Anything Goes Ha. You can follow me at uh, DaveMartinWorld.com, both website and Twitter feed. And uh, come down to the East End Comedy Review if you're in the greater Toronto area this weekend uh, for a uh, uh, an amazing show with uh, your headliner, Sean Cullen. All right. And uh, Dave, what's your website? You must give a shout out. Uh, DaveMerhej.com, uh, but usually Facebook and Twitter. I'm okay. All, and what's your Twitter feed? Uh, it's just Dave Merhez. Dave Merhez, okay. And uh, anyone wants to know about me, it's ComedyHorror.com, July 12th to 14th at the Grey Bruce Comedy Festival in Owen Sound, Port Elgin, and in Hanover. If you want tickets, go to that website.com. And uh, that's it. Want to give a thank you to Dave Merhez for coming by. Thank you, guys. And also Please. Jason Agnew. And thanks to Frank and Victoria at XM for making us sound great. 
great. And that's it. Until next week, take care of yourselves. <laughs> I just, I've never heard you end with take care of yourselves. What's well, the Maury before. Povich one, right? Uh, that's no, what I'm it's, saying. Uh, was it, what, how does Jerry Springer end it? With oh, the, it's, that's right. Uh, Jerry Springer. Uh, take care of yourself. And, no, be good to yourself and each other. There we go. Yes. Yeah. That's the way we wrap it up. <laughs> don't puke on yourself. Bitch. Yeah. Don't puke on yourself. Yeah. Work.